Hello and welcome to the Women in Leadership podcast. I'm Angie Mazzetti. One of my, the projects that is closest to my heart at the moment is uh, Women on Walls. Um, so we would have worked with Accenture in the past um, with their partnership with the Royal Irish Academy. And the whole idea is that you cannot be what you cannot see. Today's guest is Helen Carroll, who's Head of Communications and Partnerships and Business to Arts. Sports sponsorship is incredibly important, but there are an awful lot of people in these organisations that are very much interested in other things and in the arts, and it's how can we engage them? And working with artists is an excellent way to do that. I think it makes everything so much easier. Hello and welcome to the Women in Leadership podcast and today joining me is Helen Carroll. Helen, you're very welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, your journey to where you are now. What? Tell me, first of all, what your new job is. Well, I've just taken over as head of communications and partnerships at Business to Arts. Um, I've been with the organisation for two years. Um, we're a non-profit organisation based on Kildare Street and we work um, to develop, enable and support creative partnerships between the corporate and the cultural sector. Not an easy job, I would thought. No, but an incredibly rewarding job. Um, I get to go and see so many different arts projects, exhibitions, work with artists. And on the other side, I get to work with over 100 of our corporate members on their different engagement projects with the arts. So that might include commissioning, art sponsorships, bespoke events, training programmes um, and we would run a series of events throughout the year to kind of bring these two communities together. So tell me, how did you get to where you are with this fabulous job and all the excitement that goes with it? Where did, where did you go to college, first of all? Um, I studied law in Trinity um, after school. But before that, I guess kind of where my story begins is uh, growing up, I did an awful lot of ballet and music. Um, I was very fortunate enough to, well, my parents sent me to incredible teachers and um, in terms of my music path, I had a wonderful teacher at the Royal Irish Academy of Music, uh, Gillian Smith, who really instilled a great love of music in me. Um, and I brought that right up until I was around 22. Um, what went, instrument did uh, you study? I studied the piano, yes. Um, and she retired at that point and I, I jokingly say I retired as well when she did. Um, and then my, I guess my great passion was ballet. So I started um, taking classes at the age of three. Um, and that continued until the age of nine when I started taking four or five classes um, at the Metropolitan School of Dance. Um, I did all of my professional qualifications, was flying back and forth to London. Um, at 16, I did this uh, quite high uh, exam called Advance 2 and was training to do solo seal over in the Royal Academy of Dance in London. Um, but I'd always really, really enjoyed school as well. Um, and I think when the time came to choose, I think I took maybe the sensible approach um, and decided if I went and studied law in Trinity, I was always really interested in history and writing um, and arguing, I think, uh, that I would be able to keep up my ballet as well. So I suppose that's kind of the route I decided to take. I could bring them both together. So you did law. Yes. And then you decided to do something that would merge both the arts and law and a bit of business. Tell me about how that came about. What did you study next? Yeah, so somebody had actually recommended um, there's a master's in UCD in cultural policy and arts management. Um, so I applied for that um, and was very successful. And I think it was one of the best decisions I ever made. Um, it was a small class. There were 20 of us. And the friends that I developed um, from that have stayed with me. Um, they are from all different walks of life, um, interested in different art forms. So I got introduced to a world, I would have very much come from a performing arts background, whereas a lot of my friends are um, 
very much interested in visual arts. So we would used to go every week to something new, trying to um, develop our patterns and understanding of different art forms. And on the other side, then we were able to take classes in accountancy, management um, kind of entrepreneurship which was able to develop those skills, which led to an internship um, with Stephen Falloon in the, uh, at the then it was called the Grand Canal Theatre. He was coming in to speak to us. Uh, he had previously done the course a number of years ago and he had, I knew at the time that the Birmingham Royal Ballet were coming to the theatre. So I was very, I kind of just put my hand up in the middle of the class and said, I'm very excited about this. And I remember him saying, oh, you know who you know who they are um, because we get such a limited amount of ballet coming into the country. Um, so I said yes, and I'd really love an internship at, at the theatre if that was a po- possibility. Um, and he, was, he said yes, and that kind of led on to a number of kind of other opportunities. So once I was finished um, the Masters, I went to London for a little bit and worked in a classical music agency, IMG Artists. Um, came back, worked in Dance Theatre of Ireland for a year and then returned to the Borgot Energy Theatre and I worked in their marketing and press department for a number of years and then took over as assistant manager. Is it hard using both sides of the brain? You know, like one side is the very arty side and you often find with artists that they really don't want to know about the business end of things. Just let someone else worry about that sort of thing. But you've been fortunate, if I'd say, or lucky enough that you know, you got to develop both sides, both the artistic side and the business side of things. Was that a good thing? Is it difficult? For me, I think it's worked really well because I think I do have two sides to me that I love nothing more than putting on a leotard and tights and going in and doing a ballet class still. But then I also love um, working in an environment where I get to use those problem solving skills, particularly in the likes of management. When you're working with people, when you have to put projects in place, I am an absolute planner. (laughs) I love having like a timeline and working on projects in that way. And I think sometimes that's all an artist may need help with and you can create incredible things then when you just amalgamate the two together. Mm. Um, I, I I love the way you say you just put your hand up. I mean, it's the one thing a lot of older women say to me here on the podcast, you know, like, don't be afraid, put your hand up, you know, you can worry about it afterwards, you know, that we don't as women sometimes take ourselves seriously enough. Would you advise younger women just put your hand up and just risk it, you know, throw yourself into things? Absolutely. So much of my job at the moment is talking to people um, when they're doing interesting things or new people that I meet. Um, every new person or new contact is an opportunity every time you're in a room to ask a question, a, a good question. I always say don't just ask one for the sake of asking it, um, but let your presence be known. I think sometimes I think for me and the opportunities that I have had in life, I it's because I've stepped forward. Um, and I think you go through phases in your life where you're you're ticking along and you're doing the safe thing. But it's if you don't step up and put your hand up, maybe nobody else will. And the other word that jumped out at me of what you're saying is the ask, like you asked for the internship. And I think it's really difficult sometimes for artists to ask for funding because there's a sort of feeling, well, like, it's really good. You should just know you should just want to sponsor me. But yet they have to eat. But they find that asking very difficult. And I would say the same thing with women generally. We often find asking for promotion, asking for a raise, asking for a job is, is difficult. But you're working with particularly with artists now from a wide variety of things. Do you like that job, you know, of matchmaking business to arts and arts to business? And is it difficult? It's challenging. But what's incredibly rewarding about it is, is all of these, all of the artists that we would work with. And we have about 150 arts affiliates as part of Business to Arts. They all have something incredible. 
I don't want to to, to say it as, as as a product, but they have an art or they are capable of creating wonderful and unexpected things that the corporate world need, especially in this whole environment where we're always looking for innovation, for creativity. People who are working in corporate organisations, all of them have hobbies. Many of them might be interested in film, in literature. So it's engaging with all of those people as well. I think traditionally... Um, Sports sponsorship is incredibly important, but there are an awful lot of people in these organisations that are very much interested in other things and in the arts. And it's how can we engage them? And working with artists is an excellent way to do that and be it kind of working and engaging them with photography. So if they come along and they have a proposal or they have an idea, we sit down and we help them. How can we create this into something that is mutually beneficial for both parties? So this would be the businesses that would come to you? And the artists will come to us from our arts affiliate perspective and say, look, we're looking for funding for X, Y and Z. Can you help us? Um, And we try and help them then find a partner for that. And it would be the same that a corporate might come. And the more information we have from the artists, when a corporate's talking to us, something will flick in our heads and we'll say, oh, I know somebody who could do that for you. I'm sure one of your key skills would be listening, is it? Absolutely, yes. How necessary is that? Well, probably one of the most important things in my role. I always say that I think sometimes the problem um, with trying to secure funding um, for an artist is they have these great ideas. They go down, sit with somebody and they just talk. And it might have no relevance to what a corporate organisation needs or wants. Because in this day and age, you can't just go in and write a cheque. Every every kind of decision you make has to relate back to the business and the strategy, corporate social responsibility. There has to be a reason why there's a connection. Um, so what we really recommend is, and this is what I would do myself when we talk to our members, is when you go and meet them for a coffee, the first thing you say is, how are you getting on? How is your business doing? What are the things you know that are, are working for you at the moment or what are the types of challenges you're trying to address? And from that then, you're able to take away kind of the highlights and then say, okay, well, how does my work relate to that? And what can we do at the moment that would work for them? Are you working on any particularly exciting projects at the moment? Absolutely. Um, one of my, um, the projects that is closest to my heart at the moment is uh, Women on Walls. Um, So we would have worked with Accenture in the past um, with their partnership with the Royal Irish Academy. And the whole idea is that you cannot be what you cannot see. Um, And in the second iteration now that we're working with the Royal College of Surgeons, there will be eight incredibly, um, I think, just women that have inspired a whole generation in the medical field. Um, What they have done is incredible. And so a number of artists have now been commissioned to create their portraits that will hang in the boardroom um, of the Royal College of Surgeons. Tell us about the original Women on Walls. How did that come about and what is it, just for anybody who might have heard about it? Yeah, so it's a commissioning um, arts project where um, Ethna Harley and Dr Michelle Cullen from Accenture were in the Royal Irish Academy on Dawson Street. And they were just kind of, um, for Accenture, uh, gender diversity and inclusion is a very big part of their mission and their strategy. And they were in the Royal Irish Academy one day and just a comment was made about the visibility of women on the walls that there were none. Um, And it is just something so small. And I can say personally, growing up, I never felt that I was at a disadvantage just from the environment that I was in, the family I grew up in. My brother and my, and my sister and I were treated exactly the same. I went to an all-girls school where we were, empowerment was incredibly important. When I went to Trinity, there were actually more females than males in my class. So it's only probably, I guess, since I've come into the working world that I have seen 
a little bit of a discrepancy. Um, so I remember when I first heard about this project that I, it has totally changed my attitude to when I walk into buildings because you just re- you really notice it now. You I see, call it the gender glasses. It's like you it's suddenly just, put on a new pair of glasses and you say, oh, where are you? Or you look at a photograph in the newspaper and you see like nine men. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Do they not see what I'm not seeing? Yeah. You know? um, yeah, sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, and, and just w- with that as well, I always say there is obviously then putting the token woman into it that sometimes frustrates me as well. But it is so important that there is that it is there that people I have three um, nieces. I want them to grow up and say, I can do anything. I can be that person. And if you, if you can't see it, you can't be it. Um, so we as uh, Business to Arts, we were in charge of the commissioning process. So what we did was an open call to artists. So the first four female members of the Royal Irish Academy and um, were four individual portraits and then eight female um, women that are leaders in their fields in European science um, were uh, painted in one portrait by Blaise Smith and Vera Kluge. Um And that has now that went on in March um, to be displayed in the UN, which was one of those things when you look back on your job and you're like, I, I'm pretty lucky. I have um, a hand in that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so now it's going on to the Royal, uh, the Royal College, College of Surgeons, Surgeons in Ireland. Yes. Yeah. Um, so there will be eight new commissions. Um, and again, there are no there are no females currently in their boardroom, but we are addressing that. Um, and they will be unveiled next March. Do you think there's a general awareness growing in the arts and in culture generally about the importance of gender balance, like we see with the new initiatives in the theatre and coming from the Me Too? And, you know, is there a sea change, do you think, in the arts and in culture generally in looking for great representation of women? Yes, I think it kind of comes down to and back to the whole idea of good corporate governance as well. I think that has been addressed or is being tried to tried to being addressed in organisations where boards have more of a role um, and a responsibility to protect the staff of an organisation. So it's making sure that you have policies in place. So in typically in a lot of cultural organisations, you may only have two, three four people working somewhere right up to maybe 50 or 60 up to the hundreds. So it's making sure that everybody knows that there is somebody that they can talk to. And I think that really is the first step. Um, And then that there is due and there is carefully thought out processes that everybody can use and that they don't feel in any way threatened or undermined or that they might lose their job or they're going to be thought of worse. I think the waking the feminists really woke an awful lot of people up but there's still a lot of people still half asleep I mean we, we saw with the, the event in, in Donegal and you know people that you would imagine would have been very clued in just not even thinking about getting women on the uh, on the on their panels you know it just makes you wonder and I was reading an article in the newspaper a letter of some a gentleman complaining about you know men are going to be held back now because of this gender equality and going like women have been held back for <laughs> centuries welcome to our world you yeah. know and there's nothing holding them back, really. If people are good enough, they will come to the surface. But, you know, it's just to make it a, an even playing field, would, would you say? Or? I completely agree. And I think we all have to be champions of our friends, of our colleagues, everybody. Because if one woman is successful, it's a success for everybody. Um, and it's not just a case of being putting a woman there just because she's good. It's putting a woman there because she has the right to be there. Because there are so many. When I When I look at all of our corporate members, I look at my own board, there are so many women that inspire me um, and make me, they, they are the people that make me want to aim for that top spot. 
What What is the board structure like in business to arts? I mean, where do the representatives from the board come from? Um, so actually, at the moment, we're, we're incredibly proud. We have a 50-50 um, board at the moment. Um, we have representatives from Accenture, from Dublin Port Company. Um, we have lawyers, accountants, artists. Um, so it's a combination. We're trying to make sure that every to cover all of the corporate governance issues that we're getting representation from our members because they feed back to us as well. Well, what do we need to be looking at in terms of keeping our members happy? What 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 can we do better? Um, and then it's also incredibly important to us to hear from artists because they without them they create all of the work and we're we're the intermediary trying to just make it all happen. Okay, um, stories is story a big part of corporate life now I keep reading this in all these journals that you know every company has to have a story and is the artist very instrumental in helping them you know carve out that story yes yeah, so for example um, Allianz who are our title sponsors for the Allianz Business to Arts Awards they're one of their key messages and what they want to incorporate is that whole story of community um, and they have been involved with us. Uh, this will be the 18th year of their partnership with us on the awards. And they believe that this partnership kind of encapsulates and celebrates the idea of best practice throughout the corporate and cultural community in Ireland. So we come together once a year to celebrate all of the incredible creative partnerships that happen. And there are a significant amount of them. We receive over 200 applications every year. Um, there are only, unfortunately, 13 winners on the night, but our shortlist was just announced this week and we have over 50 incredible partnerships. And that is really rewarding because a lot of that comes down to two people or two entities coming together to collaborate mm-hmm. and using that whole idea of story. How can we tell our story? So, for example, um, one of our other partners, um, A&L Goodbody, one of the key messages that they have is that they and their corporate responsibility strategy is the whole idea of improving literacy in their local community. Um, so they work with SUAS and we have been working with them for the past two years on a project called um, the A&L Goodbody Writer in Residence. Um, so Catherine Ann Cullen has been working with third and fourth class in St. Joseph's on East Wall um, and she goes into their classroom every week. Um, and is working with them and children on writing poems. So they've things, projects like homework, poemwork. Um, so it's bringing that whole idea of literacy to a ne- the next level using creativity. Okay, great. Can I talk to you about your own education? And I, I mean, talking about bringing things to the next level, you're still busy in education. Tell me more about what you're studying at the moment. Um, so like I said um, just a few minutes ago, I you go through moments in your life or peaks in your life where you're, you're really happy um, and you have a choice to stay at that level um, and enjoy life or you decide, you know, I'm going to shake it up a little bit and why don't I just try and go do um, an MBA? So I'm currently enrolled in the executive MBA. I'm doing it part time in Trinity. So I've just finished my first year. As if you hadn't enough to do. Exactly. <laughs> and do you still do your ballet as well? Um, I do. Not as much, unfortunately, this year. I had to make um, some, some, some cuts, but I try to go to get to at least one class per week. Okay, very good. Before we wrap up, tell me, do you have, say, a number of tips that you would give to young women who are about to embark on their career? Maybe three, maybe if I could stretch it to five. What would be your top pieces of advice? I think the first one is just to be brave. Um, I think we all tend to me as well as we look at our our faults far more than we look at the things that we're great at and um, so I would just say if there's something that you're interested in or you really want to do I think it's just going for it 
Um, the second thing would be, I think you just need to ask for help. There are so many people out there that want to help people. Um, and I, for myself, I know that I have a, like I have three people in my life now that I go to um, for advice. Um, I go to them as well when I know that I should be doing something and you just need someone to say, Helen, have you done that yet? Um, and they're just a great support system. And it just reminds you of why you're doing what you're doing. Um, I think if you can find a career that you enjoy, I think it makes everything so much easier. I don't mind working long hours. Um, I don't mind going to things because I love it. I love being able to go to an exhibition or a theatre event in the evening time. I love being able to go into my members then to talk about it or they say, Helen, what would you recommend? And being able to do that. Networking is absolutely key um, in, in my role. And I think use every opportunity that you have to connect with people. You never know where you're going to meet them again. You never know if it might be five years down the road, but if you can remember these people or log something in your memory about them, I think it's incredibly important too. Leverage that network. Absolutely, yeah. And just it, that whole, I, I know with GDPR now as well, you have to be very careful in terms of, of, of contacts, but if you can just stay in touch with somebody or say, look, you know, we're doing something that I think you might be really interested in. Would you like to go for a coffee? Um, I think... Do it. Yeah. yeah. Do you use any particular social uh, media networks? Um, I think LinkedIn is really important from a work capacity. I think it's great to communicate the messages from a professional perspective. Um, I love Instagram in terms of taking pictures of all the enjoyable things I get to do in my life. And then I also am on Twitter. Um, again, I use that in more of kind of a professional capacity as well. And I, then I would use Facebook for stalking my friends that I've been friends with <laughs> for the past. <laughs> so tell me, when, so. You, when you do get quiet time, if you ever get quiet time, are there any particular pieces of music or is there one particular go-to piece of music that, you, you know, if, if you're a bit down or if you need to bump up your energy, if you're in a challenging situation, is there a song or a couple of songs there in your head that float around? I think for me, I always just need a little bit of calmness. Um, so probably my, my favourite piece of music in the world is Rachmaninoff's Second Piano Concerto. So when I just put that on, there's just a sense of just relaxation. Um, and I think it just calms me and it just remember, it reminds me of how beautiful things can be. Um, and I just associate my, my dad uh, used to always put music on for us in the evening times. And that was one of my particular favourites. I used to dance around my sitting room. Um, so, yes. Well, Helen, it's been an absolute pleasure meeting you. Before I go, have you anything that you want to publicise or is there anything coming up that you'd like people to know more about? Um, well, we have our 2018 Allianz Business to Arts Awards on the 4th of September in the Borgot Energy Theatre. Um, so we would love to see people there. It's a celebration of the incredible creative partnerships that happen throughout Ireland. What will people see if they go along? There'll be a number of special performances um, and there will also you will be able to hear the stories of the incredible work that is being done by corporates and artists. The and if artists are if artists are looking for uh, funding for a particular project that they might be just at the dreaming stage of yet, what should they do? Absolutely. They should just um, they can log on online to business to arts.ie or you can email us on info at business to arts.ie or you can call one of our team on 01662 Helen Carroll, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. That was the up and coming Helen Carroll, who's head of communications and partnerships at Business to Arts. And remember what she said, put your hand up and ask for what you want. Not always easy. She also says get a good support system, keep networking and leverage your network. Don't be afraid. People are great when you have the courage to ask them for help. Remember to listen to music that you love. It's good for your soul. 
That's all from the podcast for this week. Do please subscribe on iTunes and also like and share on social media. And let us know if there's some amazing woman out there that you'd like to hear from on the podcast. We've big plans for the coming few months and we're always in need of sponsorship. So if you or your company can support us, please get in touch at info at womeninleadership.ie. Do check out our website, womeninleadership.ie. And we also have a newsletter which comes out once a month. You can subscribe on the website or by contacting us at info at womeninleadership.ie. Until the next time, from me, Angie Mazzetti, and all of the team here on the Women in Leadership podcast, goodbye and take care.